Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Weed, grass, reefer, dope, ganja, skunk, Mary Jane, herb pot, whatever you want to call it, it's all cannabis, marijuana. And it comes in many forms, and it's a tremendous global legal and illegal market. And here in the U.S., the marijuana reform is spreading like wild pot fire across the country, and this couldn't make me any happier as someone that loves it for a long time. In the US and many states have legalized medicinal and recreational and the market has exploded. And with that, created a new industry that needs marketing and market support. And since 2009, my guest today, Jared Mursky and his award-winning cannabis branding agency, Wick and Mortar have been doing just that. And they've been featured in all the magazines that you follow here, media, Entrepreneur Media, Forbes, Wired, Cheddar, all that kind of good stuff, you've seen it. And 2018 was their most explosive growth year yet and they continue to rack up honors and awards. 40 under 40, all that kind of good stuff, and you can see it all on the site if you want to look it up. I'll link it to Jared's bio in a little bit, but we'll get right to it. But despite all the success for Jared, um, you know, they, you know, really, his greatest achievement in life is his son, right? I mean, we'll get to that in a little bit too, because it's all about balancing family, but what Jared and Wick and Mortar have done, they are rebranding cannabis. That's their mission. It's branding. It's bringing that to life and really bringing that to the mind front. I'm super excited to have him on the show today to talk about his journey, the industry, and a whole lot more. Jared Mursky, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? Thanks for having me on your show. Yes, Jared is based in Seattle. We're super happy to have him on today. Um, you know, I've been following his journey for a bit as a student of marketing and someone who is a, uh, yeah, I'm a cannabis user, man, for, for a long time. <laughs> and I'm not even just talking about recreational. We'll get to that in a little bit. For me, it's really helped. Calm me down, man. And we'll talk about how that affects a lot of people as well. But Jared, for those who don't know you, just to bring my tribe up to speed, mm -hmm. share with us your origin story, man. Tell us how you got to be in a superhero uh, that you are today. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know if we've got time for the full story, <laughs> but um, you know the gist of it was, you know, I was um, I was in, I was 19 and I was a nightclub promoter, and um, you know I really loved uh, you know the idea of graphic design, um, and so ultimately what I did was you know I started designing my own flyers for the nightclubs that we were working within, and. Um, before I knew it, that was my passion. So I quit, quit promoting clubs and then ultimately um, went into design full time and uh, started a company called Mersky Media. And that was kind of my first stab at agency life. You know, I've had family and, and half family in the agency space in New York, but, you know, didn't really leverage them for much help at the time. Because I was 19, I didn't even know what kind of questions to ask. Right. You didn't, you didn't have that. You know, I didn't have that business acumen. Hell, I didn't even go to college. So I, um, I just learned the trade of design as best as I could and, uh, you know, serviced my clients as well as I could. And, you know, it was because of that, that gave me the ability to scale. And so, you know, about a year into there, uh, Mersky Media, I, uh, you know, brought on my first employee and we started rising the ranks, rising to the ranks of Yelp. 
if you can believe that. You know, a lot of people uh, you know, hate Yelp, but for me, it was a goldmine. Um, and then yeah, from there, you know, in 2009, I started working with some dispensaries and actually 2008. And then in 2009, it was when I kind of realized that there was an opportunity to create an agency that was specifically focused on servicing the cannabis industry. And having had been in a lot of these dispensaries, it was pretty evident how hideous they were. It was like, you know, walking into a really old time smoke shop. Um, right. It just, it just, there was no... It wasn't modern. It wasn't modern. There was no aesthetic. There was no cohesiveness. Um, and there was really nothing that differentiated, you know, one dispensary from another. Um, it just wasn't super inviting, right? So uh, I saw that as an opportunity to change the industry and, and really help it evolve. And so since then, my mission has been to change the perception of cannabis on a global level, one brand at a time. That That's awesome. So let's take it back a little bit. I mean, going back into your origin story a little bit, and every entrepreneur has that moment, right? It could be when you're, you know, seven, eight years old and you're flipping baseball cards. What was it for you when you're like, you know what? I, I got this, I got this itch, right? I got this itch to build something to create, to help people. Do you remember when that was? Uh, yes. I mean, it, it kind of came in waves because the first itch was like, ooh, I love design. I'm, I'm passionate about that. But I didn't really think at the time that I was going to create this massive agency I have today. I just didn't, that wasn't my, I didn't, I, I don't think I believed in myself nearly as much then as I did in my perhaps like earlier 20s, right? It was then that I ran into a really good friend of mine, Frankie, um, who I went to high school with, and he was, um, I hadn't seen him after high school until I was about, like, about 22, 23. And, you know, he was like, Jared, I'd love to mentor you. You have, uh, you have something. Don't know exactly what it is, but you have something. And, you know, you hear that from your parents. And to hear that from somebody you right. hadn't seen in a long time and wanting to invest all this time into, and I was like, well, shit. He's making really good money. He must know what he's talking he, about. This guy seems smart. He's got some money. He must be doing something right. I should listen to him. Yeah, so... Yeah. And um, so I did. And, you know, it was a risk because it meant dropping things for my life that I was comfortable with. But you know, I knew that if I was going to change, that I needed help. I, need, I needed guidance and I needed to, to be a student. Um, there's a saying a friend of mine, Lyle, told me years and years ago, uh, the teacher will appear when the student is ready. It's wise. It's like a Wu-Tang. It's coming from like a Wu-Tang song right there. Right. right? That's, that's awesome, man. And I think, you know, not to, to go too far off tangent, but, you know, every great entrepreneur, they do two things well. One, they listen. They listen really well to others. And second, they know when to ask and, and take advice and help and be open to that and not be closed-minded. And I certainly applaud you from that. So curious of it, you know, your, your personal, for whatever, however much you want to share, you know, your personal relationship, you know, with, with cannabis and, and marijuana, how much of that really led? What I'm asking is, is that, you know, your, your true passion? It is. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I was a smoker at all in my teens ever. Uh, in fact, I don't think I started smoking cannabis until I was probably about maybe 20, 1920, yeah. you know? Um, in fact, <laughs> if you asked my dad how I felt about it when I was younger, he'd tell you a story. I um, was looking for change in a side drawer and I found a bag of shake, you know, it's just <laughs> really bad weed. And I, uh, 
I remember feeling so upset and so disappointed. How could you, Dad? You're my role model. <laughs> I know, I know. And so I took that bag of weed and I dumped it in the garbage can. And when he came home, he's like, where's my weed at? And I'm like, you're bad. And so, <laughs> I, you know, you know, even I was, you know, a, uh, you know, subject to propaganda. And so now it's funny because him and I will smoke a joint together. It, it's, it's so funny. It's like I saw, I saw a meme the other day or one of those things going around the internet too. It's like when you were like 12, 13 years old, I will never do drugs again. I swear to God, I'll do never do nothing. Fast forward to, to age 30. All right, I'll try that. Right. Like it's like, yeah, no, no, no problem at all. Um, so going back to your background, right? Like you're by, by trade, you're a designer, you're, 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 you're a graphic designer, right? Yeah. Um, front and web development as well. Awesome. And, you know, talking about your, your self-taught, which I certainly applaud. And, and again, we could have a whole conversation on the true ROI, you know, of a college education, but talk to about how, like, what, what are some of those key things that you learn, you know, through trial and error that you apply now to your, your current clients? What are some of those tried and true skills from classic marketing that really apply well to the cannabis industry? Well, for me, you know, um, having been the CEO always, right. There's also that, you have to be the sales guy, right? You have to be the one constantly selling yourself. But I think what made us special is I know cannabis is good for people. I know the CBD, I know CBD is good for people. Uh, there are a lot of amazing medicinal benefits and certainly a lot of recreational benefits. Um, I enjoy both sides uh you know cannabis really falls into the wellness medicinal and recreational sector so i love that but you know for me you know i've always just wanted to help people right um you know cannabis has definitely been a part of my life but never until i really realized that that this is something that is really going to help people and so kind of circling back what made me so good at selling my services, so to speak, is that I did every single service that I was talking about. Including dog walking. Yeah, including dog walking, right? So, so when you think about it, if, if I'm able to intelligently talk about each and every aspect of the branding process, because I've done it, it's no longer me selling anything it's me just having a conversation with you know a potential client about something that i know works because i've it's proven You've done, done, it. It. You've done it exactly but what's different about the cannabis industry right? when you when you think about the challenges especially from a branding standpoint um what, what are some specific challenges that you that you try to help your clients work through in their specific markets great question so you know much like the nutraceutical and pharmaceutical you know, industries and markets, there's a lot of language that uh, surrounds that from a regulatory perspective. Um, you can't make claims here and you can't. So there's, so there's just a lot of rules and regulations. Uh, having been in the industry since day one and also having helped write <coughs> regulation for different um, regulatory outfits, oh, I understand the rules and regulations better than most simply because I've been in the industry long enough to have gone through each and every state, right? State by state, country by country. So we have clients in every recreational, every medical and recreational state as well as country. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty cool too. I mean, I've seen some really cool shit, man. I've seen like you know the stores that are going for that very high end aesthetic look. I mean, essentially, it looks like an Apple store, and there's sometimes not even any product out there, and it's very consultative, and you know, it's very one to one. And then some of them are a little bit more, um, you know, mass, you know, mass market. Um, what's it's kind of your? Yeah. It's experiential. I mean, I think that's a buzzword that's going around now in marketing, but it's really an experience too for each specific smoker, right? There's folks that come in that it's more like a tourist attraction. I know there's a big one outside of, uh, you know, Las Vegas right now that a lot of people are going to. It's kind of like the Disneyland, um, you know, of pot. But like, you know, what are some of the questions you ask when you have a client intake, a potential client intake for the first time? What are some of those things that you really try to, uh, to understand? What are the questions you ask to understand a brand personality so you could best help them brand or rebrand? So that's a great question too. So when we go through the branding process as a whole, the first step we take is the creative brief. And that's where we go through a series of in-depth questions tailored to their business that help us better understand and solidify the creative direction moving forward. So we'll go through, you know, the SWOT analysis. What are your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats? You know, what is it that you value? Are there any opportunities to latch onto, um, you know, corporate or social responsibility, um, you know, opportunities? Uh, you know, really just uncovering uh, you know, if you were, if your brand was a celebrity question asked too, but there's a rhyme and a reason and it helps provide right. a whole hell of a lot of rationale from the client in a, in a way that is far more unbiased, but certainly provides a lot more of the details we're looking for that is oftentimes harder for them to kind of spit out. Because they just don't and, know what questions to ask. Right. Them. And and a lot of these folks too, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here because it's not my line of business, but I'm assuming a lot of them are, you know, either investors, right? And they may not have that, or they may be coming in from the outside and they may not have that marketing sense. And that's, you know, while they're while they're obviously hiring you. How do you talk about the concept of brand equity, right? A brand affiliation. I think that's really critical as well, too, because you want repeat customers. And th there's two things in my opinion. One is the product, the quality of the product. Actually, three, three things: the quality of the product, the customer service, and the brand itself. How do you work with, you know, companies as a similar process, but like talk to us a little bit about brand equity and what that means. Well, I think you have to ask yourself first and foremost is how is this brand differentiating themselves from their competitors in the first place, right? If the company doesn't, or if the brand doesn't have any true differentiating value propositions, it's going to be hard to command a price point. And so when I look at brand equity, I look at brand equity in like two ways. I look at it on the consumer side, but I also look at it on the business owner side, right? When we work with clients to help them establish brand equity, we're looking at how do we implement layers within your brand to create a much more valuable company in the end so that when you go through and you sell your company later on, you know, is the equity you've built within your brand being factored into the overall valuation. And so, Right. I would say, you know, uh, I'll give you like a, I'll give you like a CBD company, for example. Mm -hmm. right? um, let's just say I had a CBD pre-roll, right? And on the back of that pre-roll, you could download a song, right? And that song was a new release, right? You could only get that, only get that track through the product, right? So now imagine up and coming artists who are investing more money into their music. They're saying, Oh, I want to work with this company, right. provide them with my track so that I can get more exposure. Right? So now you've turned that product into now a marketing company. Right? I love it. Now what you've done is created a product that has 
uh, a much larger purpose. It has a monet, it has a, a, a monetizational opportunity there. And so the value of that brand increases because you've been able to implement some proprietary IP, so to speak, that gives people a new reason to purchase your product beyond the quality, especially if it meets especially if it's the same right. quality as your cutter. Yeah, if it's, if it's checking those boxes and they could have the, it's all about the added value, the brand perception and what else are they going to get from it. You mentioned something pretty interesting too, you know, that, that celebrity alignment and, you know, obviously with legalization, not even that, I mean, we're talking about so many different genres of, of music, whether it be, you know, hip hop or, or <laughs> listen, I think anything in music ties to the cannabis industry, but talk to us a little bit about celebrity brand building. Like, are you finding that more, more celebrities more than ever are, are looking to align um, now that it's becoming more legal, now that they're seeing, you know, more opportunities to cash in on it. What are you seeing from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're working with uh, quite a few, as you know already. Um, we're doing a brand with uh, Scott Storch it's called Legato. Very excited about that. Um, and, you know, what I told him when we started chatting about how we were going to build this company is, you know, because he's my business partner, you know, I wanted to make sure that uh, you know, we went into this with the understanding that this wasn't going to be about him. This was going to be about the music and the culture. And, you know, when you think about Scott and how he's positioned, you know, he's got uh, access to celebrities and artists, being that he's a producer. Now, if he was just an artist, that would be a little bit more difficult, although an artist has artist friends. But when you look at Scott, he's like Switzerland, so to speak, in the sense right. in between everything. He's in between everything, and and he gets the ability to connect with everyone in an unbiased way. And so, you know, when Fifty Cent um, played a role in Alize, you know, he wanted to help Alize become a stronger brand, not because he was behind it, but because he felt like it was a product that could be adopted very well into the urban culture, right? The hip hop industry. And so I really like that because he didn't make it about him. When you look at like Chong's Choice, um, mm -hmm. Willie's Reserve, they're a great brand. Willie actually tests really well with millennials and I mean, just the young and the old, honestly. Um, so he's a bit of an exception. And But you've got, uh, you know, Leafs by Snoop and you've got all of these other brands that, that are really attached to a celebrity, you know? And so like even Ignite, um, you know, they're just so attached to a celebrity. If, if that celebrity were to do something, were to screw up or, you know, mess up yeah. or, you know. Ignite the, ignite the new Playboy? I mean, is that, uh, is that, yeah, is that? No, I don't even want to, don't even get me started I, with I mean, I mean, I, 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 for, for me, for me, that's, that's scrolling fun, you know, taking a look at, at his life. It's so funny. I mean, it's awesome. It's great to, to kind of laugh at that too. Um, I want to switch it up a little. Actually, no, no, before we do that, let's, let's, I want to close this piece out with a, Fan question that we got on LinkedIn. Somebody was asking, you know, Jared, what's your outlook on the industry in 10 years? And you said, dude, I can't even think about tomorrow, but let's kind of focus in a little bit and give a more realistic approach. Three to five years out. I mean, are we, where are we? I mean, we're just at the beginning, man, right? Like, this, are we still at the wild, wild west moment? Um, is the gold rush still on? Where, where are we at and where are we going to be in about three years? Well, you're, so you're asking a branding and marketing guy, and I can tell you that the, the gold rush From is still very much on. It's still very much on. There's still still so much opportunity. Um, I think the biggest issue is that so many people are looking to get into the industry and build all of this, grow infrastructure, when really it's the branding and the marketing that mm -hmm. uh, 
plays the largest role in the success of a company because you can white label uh, with brands all across the world. Yeah, and that fraction of the time it takes in comparison to building the grow infrastructure in each area you intend to be in. Um, so my advice would be if you want to make an impact in the industry in the shortest period of time while leveraging a strong identity uh, and a powerful message and really an opportunity to build a strong brand, focus on high quality design and marketing and really make sure that you have the right people on your team. Um, and, and don't worry about building the facilities just yet. You can do that once right. you're, you start generating revenue, you start getting some exposure. Because then you can start raising money easier because mm -hmm. you've got you bet the brand. You know, more brand visibility. That's right. And the equity, and the equity in and that brand spend, too. That's right. And you can invest more money into your branding and marketing as where most people are safe or are spending millions and millions and losing millions and millions um, it, on it, all of this growth grow architecture. Yep. Right. They know how to build in the build and grow, but it's a, it's a sales part, right? You could bring, you have to know how to bring that great product to market. Um, so you hit on something interesting too, about hiring the right people. And, and when you and I were talking about, you know, coming on this show and what I really wanted to talk about too, I literally get questions a couple of weeks saying, Adam, do you work with cannabis industry? Who do you know who you could get me in? And these are seasoned marketers where so many people have been working for these big companies, even small agencies for a while. And you know, their, their, their personal you know passion is in, is in cannabis and they want to work with their passion is, what, well, a couple of questions here. We'll start for this. You know, if someone is looking to get into the cannabis industry, what, what is, what is the best approach for them to, you know, find jobs to, you know, reach out to people like yourself? Uh, you know, I always tell people who are looking to get into the industry in you know, any sense is to go to conferences. I find that is the best place to make the most friends and connections in the shortest period of time, because when you think about the fact that the cannabis industry has people in it that come from all walks of life and certainly those that originated as, you know, old school cannabis farmers, or master right. growers, as they used to call them. Master growers. Right. Uh, you know, they may be very, very wealthy people. They may not look like it, but they very well may be. So it's been pretty cool to see how, uh, accepting the cannabis industry is with respect to not judging a book by its cover uh, because it's, you know, really the, the money guys that are then going to, you know, people that have been in the industry for a really long time, asking them for advice and insight. Um, it's changing every day and people are becoming more, more and more informed as more education, you know, surfaces, but it's just a really interesting place and then a really interesting time to be. So when you, when you hire, how, how many, how many people are in your, in uh, work and mortar right now? How many under your roof? Um, and this Seattle office 25 and then, uh, we've got about 30 or so subcontractors. That wow. That's impressive. And, and we're opening an office in uh, Beverly Hills. And what nice man. And, and what are, you know, what are some of the questions <laughs> that you ask people, um, irrespective of their position? How do you, how do you, what are those questions that you ask people to see if they would be, you know, a good mesh into the fabric of your agency? It's really a feeling, you know? Um, it's funny because I've always been given advice, don't hire your friends, but for whatever reason, I've hired a lot of my friends <laughs> and it's turned out great. And I think it's, because, I think it's because once you get to a point uh, in your life, you start to realize 
one of two things. One, if you don't hang out with successful people, you'll never become successful, right? Two, just because you hang out with successful people doesn't make them good people. So make sure you hang out with really nice people. That's a good point. I surrounded myself with people that I admired and people that I felt like were always doing the right thing. And I think by continuing to surround myself with people like that, uh, it's inevitable that my friends are just going to be as intelligent as I am. So right. why not? And, that, and that's and that's come with age and experience, right? That's come from sure. from 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 trial and error. So something I wanted to talk about also, because I, I I've been having this conversation too with with a lot of my friends around CBD, um, and I've been a CBD user um, consistently almost I'd say four to five days a week um, for about three years. And for me, my journey started um, with you know I I've, I had trouble sleeping, I had some anxiety, and I was gonna, I was taking you know, stuff, we'll call them pills, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, and I didn't like the way I felt when I took them. I'd be groggy. I didn't like the way I acted. I didn't like the way I felt. And about three years ago, we spent a lot of time up in Vermont. Um, and we were at a brewery and they had a CBD beer. Like, all right, let me, let me try this out. And it was kind of my gateway into CBD. And not only did, did I, did I feel calm, you know, almost, almost, almost pretty immediately from it too, but I also was triggered to learn more about it. And I did my research and I, and I learned about the quality and I learned the different forms that have come in and I started to make my own, um, prescription, right? My different things that work for me. And I've tried, uh, in the honey form, which I find, you know, very effective. And I do it with a nighttime tea for chamomile. It helps too. Uh, a vaping perspective and, you know, the full spectrum, you know, oils are, are just fantastic. Um, and a big shout out to Vermont, the quality of Vermont stuff, you find the right place, Vermont's the best. But one of the problems I have with, 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 with CBD, and I see this in the suburbs here, it's the way it's branded and marketed. They're not saying, for people that don't know, they're not saying that it's not weed. And for me, that's a problem. They're not saying that it's not weed. They're not saying anything. They're just putting it out there in the windows. And I think people still who are uneducated, who don't know about it, have this conception that CBD gets you high and it does not. What are your thoughts on this? I think that's part of that's intentional. I think even still many brands put pot Completely on agree. product because they want to insinuate that or they want them to at least know that it derives from cannabis. And I think regardless, any product CBD wise that's going to sit on a shelf you know, you're going to, it's, it can never be more than 0.03% THC, right? So just know that right out of the gate, unless you're buying it from, you know, let's say, um, you know, a pot shop, because they're going to be selling stuff that's legally licensed. It's a licensed product. So it's can only be cultivated in that state. It can only be sold in that state. Um, it may, and it may be a, you know, a, a broad spectrum product where it's got the THC and it's got the CBD combination. Um, and so then it, you know, it, you, you get that entourage effect. Right. And you, you hit on, on a really interesting point too, is knowing, knowing your shit, right. Knowing what, what broad spectrum, full spectrum, knowing what that entails, that some CBD does have trace elements of THC in it and some does not depends what you're, what you're getting it from. Um, awesome. Man. And I think that's a really, you know, CBD is where, where do you think the future of CBD is going? Well, I can tell you, you know, we've got this technology um, that we're working with and on. It's a company I'm a partner with. It's called Neelix GX. And what we have is a, it's a DNA test kit. So I can swab your mouth and I can tell you, uh, based on your, based on 101 genetic markers, which terpene profiles make the most sense based on your genetic makeup. So we can become more proactive with your health 
and less reactive, right? Um, but what this does is it provides you know, doctors and physicians alike with the ability to create formulations specific to your needs and your needs only. So um, we, we've gone through, we've partnered with a company called Molecular Labs, um, and uh, now we're going through clinical trials. That's awesome, man. So you'll be able to, to genetically identify what will work and what may not work for somebody from a CBD right. perspective. Wow, that's awesome, man. So let's, let's bring this home here. I mean, I really appreciate it. Really bringing, you know, insightful info, pulling back the curtain on what's happening here. It's, it's a crazy industry. Um, so much growth opportunities. What, you know, big thing in your industry is authenticity. What, what does that mean to you, Jared? What does the word authentic mean to you? It means a lot of things. It's like, it's being fully transparent. You know, it's, it's speaking truth. I think, you know, a lot of brands don't really have, in that, if you could even call them that, right? Um, so I think a brand, brand is the promise that you make to your customer, right? It's, it's a story. It's something that invites people into an experience they can share with you or their friends or their family, right? And so it's, it's often absent in companies that exist in the cannabis industry because people just don't know the difference between a brand and a logo. And I think being an authentic company means really understanding who you are and how you operate as far as a company is concerned within the cannabis industry itself. And I think that's being certainly more genuine to a consumer when, you know, you're actually, you actually exist in the cannabis industry because there's some part about you or your company or your brand that is designed for the betterment of something or someone. So Jared, let's, let's bring this home here. One of the things that I do on the podcast, right? My goal is to give people actionable advice that they could really, you know, take a step forward with and, and grasp onto it and do something. So I ask you, what is the greatest piece of advice that you ever received that you took action on? Wow. That's a deep question. Deep thoughts. Yeah. Wow. Jared Mursky. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would say, gosh, the best piece of advice. I get so much advice from so. I ask for advice all the time. I think the best piece of advice I've been given is never be afraid to ask for advice. That's cool. I mean, that's being open, man. I mean, that's it. If I'm being serious, I mean, that's it to be, to be honest, because I think for a lot of people, especially the when, when they enter into any new industry, they're always scared that someone's going to think they're dumb. I'll tell you, never be afraid to ask for help. Uh, I ask for help all the time and it's not necessarily because I always need it, but it's also because it helps me get things done faster. Yeah, man. Uh, why spend all of this time trying to learn something that someone that's an expert in it, who's willing to give you advice can share it, just share it with you right away. I mean, it's, there's something to be said about, you know, learning a lesson mm -hmm. to a degree and failing from your own mistakes, of course, but, you don't have to fail nearly as often in order to move faster forward in life. I, love uh, I think this one person uh, I spoke with about a year ago um, and she was brilliant. You know, she said, she said to me, uh, 
Jared, one of the smartest things I did when I was looking to scale my company was instead of trying to go and learn all of these different disciplines myself, I just hired consultants, flew them in, paid them five grand for three days, two or three days. And I just learned everything. You hire, know? hire what you don't know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's, Hire that's, what you don't know. That's that's so. great advice. And Jared, you know, to date, and I think I know the answer to this, but maybe I don't. I'm gonna guess your son is the answer. It's kind of like Jeopardy. We'll play it by, backwards. Jared, what what is your greatest accomplishment to date, man? I mean, my child is my greatest accomplishment. He was definitely unplanned, but um, goddamn, I'm glad he's here because fucking, he, fucking fatherhood, man. Yeah, you know, he's my driver for sure. You know, he's uh, he's what made me feel like I needed to continue to move forward and, and, and move on, you know, push forward and, and just really build something for us both, you know? Dude, you just answered my last question that I ask every guest. I ask every guest on the show, I go, I ask them what their North Star is. What do they look to for gratitude? What do they look to when things are good? What do they look to when you're having a shitty day, when you're having a rough week, a rough client, when you don't know things are go not going in the right direction? And for you, man, it's your son. And I love it. And, and it's the same for me, man. It comes down to family. It's, it's building that legacy for them. We want to teach by example. It's also, I was going to say, it's also this one right here. Hold on. Uh-oh, he's lifting something up for everyone listening here. Is it a pig, a potbelly pig or a dog? Oh, look at that. Is that a, is that a, a Frenchie? And it's a Frenchie and a Boston. Love it. What's his, her name? Her name is Blazy. Blazy. Blazy, the wick and mortar mascot. I love it, man. That's right. And last but not least, dude, what is your superpower, man? What do you do better than anybody else in this world? I think it's emotional intelligence. I just understand people. I think I've been in enough good and shitty situations to have had a, a good amount of life experience to have learned just people. I don't know. I just, there's something about people I just get and I love it. And I love to speak. I love talking to people, I love hearing people. I love, I think that's it. Yeah. And, and I think building a good team. I love it, man. You know? Jared, thank, thanks for your time. I love, what you're, you. I, love what you're, I love what you're building there. And just to wrap it up to everybody, you know, the cannabis industry is a wild west. Jared called it. It's a gold rush, man. It's a land grab. And not just about the quality of product, the investment dollars in the tech, but the branding and marketing. And that's what sells. Taking tried and true marketing and sales techniques and putting a modern relevant spin for this audience is essential. And that's what Jared and Wick and Mortar is doing for their clients. And there's a common theme of all my guests for all those listening. It's tenacity. We all have it. We're builders. We're entrepreneurs. And we use that to drive our careers and our business forward. And Jared has that in spades, plus that true entrepreneurial spirit. And I applaud him. Kudos. Find and harness your passion and turn that passion into a successful business. And you won't call it work anymore. I promise you, Jared does not feel like he's going to work anymore. He's building that. He's building a future <laughs> and he's building a legacy. Jared, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. And where could folks connect with you? Where can they find you? Um, well, you can find me on Instagram uh, at jared.mersky. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So follow me there. Uh, you can also get me on Facebook and pretty much every other social media platform. If you want to connect with our company, uh, it's just at Wick and Mortar on Instagram. Um, 
And then, of course, you can go to wickedmortar.com uh, to learn more about us and the work we're doing. And that's awesome. And I'm going to have all those links below. Jared, again, thank you. I appreciate your time. I look forward to keeping this going. Uh, we'll talk offline about some cool stuff that I'm working on in the industry as well. We'll keep that Perfect. going. Some synergy there. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media channels below. Subscribe, comment, link, and network. Remember, people, take your online, offline. Thank you for joining us. Take care and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.